And so, my friends, I say to you, you are the fire. You are the fire. And you must bring that fire. You must bring the heat of that fire. You must bring the heat of your passions to that seed of potential, that seed of possibility that was planted in you, that you have come here to nurture, to develop, to grow, to blossom, to produce, to create, to contribute, to make a difference. Because that's what we're all here to do. And that, my friends, is the agenda in the new beyond. Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich, an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. Also, part of my 80th birthday legacy project, I'm offering listeners a free gift from my Musings and Meditations audio series. Just go to my website, judithrich.com, to claim your free gift. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Also available for purchase is the entire series, Musings and Meditations. These are original pieces of my writing set to music that integrate the wisdom and experience gained from nearly 50 years as a leader in the field of transformation and consciousness. Look for a link in the show notes. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. everyone and welcome to a new year. Welcome to 2023. We are meeting here in the new beyond to begin a new year together. And as I think about this year, as I look out into the open territory of this year, I'm thinking about all of the unmanifest potential. I'm thinking about all of the possibilities that lie ahead that have not yet happened, that are not yet in form, and just kind of salivating at the very thought of what could be created this year, of where I could go with my life this year as I complete my 80th year this year and what will I be launching 
beginning with my 81st birthday coming up very soon. So what is this year about for you? You know, there are certain things that are going to occur this year and perhaps in your immediate future that are already on their way. They've already been set in motion and they are inevitable. You can look on your calendar. You can see that certain commitments, certain intentions have already been set. Commitments have already been made. So that is what I would call the predictable future. It's on its way, you can see it coming, and you pretty much can predict what it's going to be. Now, here's the question. Is it going to be more of the same? Is it going to be a continuation? Just look to see. It's not right or wrong. Just look to see if what you see in your immediate future is a continuation of where you left off last year, or are you turning a page and are you striking out into new territory this year? Just look to see. And if you're not sure, what would you like? What would you like to do? What do you want this year to be? So like a year from now, when you come to December 31st of this year, what do you want to be able to look back on this year and say that you accomplished, you created, how did you expand? What breakthroughs did you have? What breakdowns did you have? So we could look at the near future and, and pretty much predict what's there. It's the inevitable future. Now, if we go out a little bit further and yet a little bit further even beyond, we come to a point where we can't see what that future looks like. We know that, oh, well, at least we hope that that future will eventually come. And we cannot see what it is and we don't have any idea about what that future is. I would call that the unpredictable future. And now if you go out beyond the unpredictable future, go far enough out there. I don't know how far that is for you, but it might be six months, it might be a year, but go out there into the future that is so far out there and is so unmanifest that whatever it is or whatever it represents, it's impossible to see from here. I want you to look at your impossible future. And now I want you to think about that impossible future. What is it that, see, that from here, where you currently sit, seems impossible for you? Like maybe there's a dream that you've been harboring in your heart and it just seems impossible. 
that you could ever get there. And so you've dismissed it. Is there such a dream for you? You know, maybe it's, you know, depending upon where you are in your life cycle. If you're maybe in your 20s or 30s or maybe even 40s, maybe your dream is about getting married and starting a family and raising children. Or if you're a, a little bit more mature and you're established, maybe you're established in your business or in your career, your work life, and you have some vision, some dream that seems impossible, and yet you harbor it in your heart, advancing yourself as a leader, advancing yourself in your career, you know, opening, starting a business, writing a book, speaking on stages. What is the dream that you harbor in your heart that you could you could actually someday quote unquote someday air quotes maybe see yourself accomplishing this dream but between here and there you cannot see how to get there so let's call that your impossible future and it's filled with your impossible dreams have you thought about your impossible dreams? Or when they come up, do you kind of get a sense of them and feel a little surge of energy, a little surge of excitement in your body, and then something immediately comes up, conversation immediately comes up and it says, oh, forget that. You could never be that. You could never do that. Who do you think you are? You? Are you kidding? You don't have what it takes. You don't have the resilience. You don't have the grit to go for such a dream. You don't have the courage. Or maybe that voice in you says, you don't have the education. You don't have the experience. You don't have the knowledge. You don't know how to do that. Forget it. Too risky you'll probably fail anyway. Can you hear those voices in your head that talk you out of your dream? I lived with those voices for years, actually for decades. I always felt that I was a writer and I was a writer that didn't write. <laughs> and I harbored this writer inside of me but I was afraid to write. I was afraid to write. I, you know, and my voices told me I didn't have anything significant to say. I didn't have anything different or unusual to say that hadn't already been said a million times by a million different people in a million different ways. And what would ever have me think that whatever I would have to say would make a difference or would matter or would be, would be different. And so I, I, I suppressed my writer's voice. And then one day, I was in a book club and I shared this with my, the people in my book club and someone in the book club encouraged me to 
Start writing, just start writing, she said, and give your, give your writing to me, like on a weekly basis, just so you have somebody to be accountable to. And so I agreed. Well, as, uh, as the wind blows, life delivered to me, shortly after I made that commitment, life delivered to me an opportunity, an invitation, seemingly out of the blue. Uh, a former colleague of mine who was an editor on the, um, I think it was called the Healthy Living page on the Huffington Post, contacted me and asked me if I liked to write. And if I did, would I be interested in writing a weekly column for the Huffington Post? Are you kidding me? This was back in the early days of the HuffPost. It was just beginning. It was still owned by Ariana Huffington. It was really kind of a startup. There was a certain vibe to it, very different than it is now. And I, I, I couldn't believe that I had manifested this thing so quickly after I had said yes to my friend in the book club to writing a little, you know, essay or something for her on a weekly basis. So I got this invitation to submit some writing to the Huffington Post. And what I wrote, that first article I wrote, was called The Raisin Years. And it was about, this was about, mm, about 15 years ago, exactly 15 years ago. And so 15 years ago is like, oh dear, 65 years old, 15 years ago. This cracks me up to even realize this in this moment that I'm sharing this with you. So 15 years ago, I was 65 years old and becoming aware and uh, having a reckoning with my aging body, my aging skin, my, you know, my skin drying out. And that was how I came up with this name of the raisin years. And it, so I submitted this article and it was published. And that was the beginning of a five-year journey of writing a weekly article on the Huffington Post. And those articles are still out there online under my name, Dr. Judith Rich. There are about 125 articles. Well, those articles eventually became the inspiration for the book that I eventually did write, knowing that I, you know, my one of my major life assignments was to write a book. Those weekly articles on the HuffPost became the inspiration and the source of, of many of the chapters of my book, which when I finally wrote my book in 2018, I had updated and expanded and rewritten a lot of those original articles that had appeared on the Huffington Post. And today, in 2023, much of that early writing has inspired what I have brought to this podcast. So I had no idea back then 
in 2008 when I wrote that first little article called The Raisin Years that over the course of the next 15 years, it would evolve and transform and expand and become what I'm sharing with you now here on this podcast. Now, 15 years ago, this podcast seemed impossible. I never heard of podcasts 15 years ago. Didn't even know, well, maybe there wasn't even such a thing 15 years ago. <clears throat> so I am experiencing something that to me back then was impossible. So I, I have an invitation for you. And that is for you to consider what is it that you could only dream about, you could only get a tiny little inkling of a vision about. Maybe it's just not a full-blown thing, but maybe there's just a little kernel, just a tiny kernel, a seed of an idea, of a thought, of a spark, of a dream that you hold closely in your heart and maybe you dare not even speak about it. Maybe you dare not even tell anyone about this dream because it seems so ridiculously impossible from where you look. I want to tell you the story of one man's impossible dream. This is a story that so captivated me uh, a documentary was made about this man and it won uh, an Academy Award for the best documentary in the year. I think it was 2009. And the, the film was called Man on Wire. And it's the story of a man named Philippe Petit who was a French, well, in France they call them wire walkers. We would call it a tightrope walker. So this is the story of his impossible dream. He did something that no one had ever done before him and no one will ever do again. It is literally impossible to do what he did. So as a young boy, uh, Petit Philippe or Philippe Petit, dreamed of dancing on a high wire. He spent much of his adult life as a street performer, but as a young boy, he, he, you know, he dreamed of dancing on a high wire, but he didn't have the means to construct a high wire, and so he settled for a rope strung between two trees instead. And then he, later on, he became a street performer. And he would spend hot summer days performing on the streets of Paris, juggling balls and fruit while riding a unicycle. But he actually had his sights set much higher than this. Actually, he was a bit of a rascal because to live his passion and do what he really loved doing he had to take his street performances to the farthest edges he could imagine, and he almost always ended up being arrested 
at the end of each of his acts, for what he did was clearly outside the law. Well, one day, while visiting his dentist, he'd gone because of a toothache, he picked up a magazine in the waiting room. And in that magazine, he came upon a story that would absolutely spark his imagination and take him to a place no human being has ever been before or will be again. He began to dream a dream that looked completely impossible, which to his way of thinking meant go for it. There in this magazine, he saw an article and he saw drawings of the tallest buildings in the world that were not yet built, but were going to be built. And those tallest buildings in the world turned out to be, at that time, they were the tallest buildings, turned out to be the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center. He saw this picture, he saw these two towers, he saw the distance between them. He's a high wire walker. He came up with a dream and set out and made a plan. He constructed a team to support him. And in 1974, in August of 1974, he, together with a team of his co-conspirators, managed to rig a wire between the twin towers of the World Trade Center. Now, how he did that is a whole story in and of itself. And if you can find that film, Man on Wire, it documents the whole procedure how he was able to get a wire from one building to the next with like some kind of a, um, oh my gosh, I can't even describe, with some kind of an arrow thing that he shot between the buildings and he had teams on either buildings to secure the wires. Anyway, he spent 45 minutes out on the wire dancing on that day. Uh, August 7th. He spent 45 minutes out on that wire dancing before the police threatened to pluck him off of it with a helicopter. And he, cho he chose to, came to come down on his own. And of course, we know that the World Trade Centers no longer exist. So his dream was the, an impossible dream that became, you know, an inevitable dream. It, you know, at some point in the dreaming and the planning, it became inevitable, and then it became possible, and then it became a reality. And now, of course, we know those towers no longer exist, so no one will ever be able to reproduce that dream. And it got me to thinking, what is your impossible dream? And it got me to thinking about 
the words, the lyrics to the song, Impossible Dream, that comes from the man of La Mancha. Have you ever really listened to the lyrics of that song? Let me, you know, indulge me for a couple of minutes here while I share those lyrics with you. They go like this. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. So I just want to pause here for a moment. While the lyrics of this song talk about fighting and marching into hell for heavenly cause and, you know, beating unbeatable foes and all of that, which sounds like a lot of warring and fighting and conflict, I want you to think about what is the unbeatable foe in you? What are the voices in you that have been your unbeatable foes? What if you could be with those voices, those voices that up until now have been the unbeatable foes that have stopped you from moving your life, that have, where you know, that have, you've used them to self-sabotage, you've used them to second guess, you've used them to confirm that you're not worthy or you're not capable. What are those unbeatable foes? So as I share the lyrics to this song, I want you to think about what are the inner reflections of these words. So, to dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go. I'm thinking now about, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to editorialize and have some commentary here in between the stanzas. When I read this, I, the first thing that comes to mind for me is, well, the war in Ukraine. You know, to bear with unbearable sorrow. I mean, we could, we could look anywhere in the world. At, you know, Ukraine, we could look in Africa, we can, we can look in the Congo, we can look in um, so many warring places, places where there's starvation, places where people are suffering, to run where the brave dare not go. Do you know that people all over the world actually have gone to Ukraine to fight in the war, to fight that foe? So I digress, I will progress. To right the unrightable wrong. To love pure and chaste from afar. To try when your arms are too weary. To reach the unreachable star. Pause. Commentary. How many times have you felt that you just can't? You can't even. You just cannot. You don't have the bandwidth. You're dry, you're drained, you're done, you're empty. And then something, something lit the spark in you. Something inspired you. Someone or something 
reignited your passion, your, your, your flame, your fire. So even when your arms are too weary, you still go for the unreachable star. I progress. This is my quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far. Pause commentary. I hear people share from their hopelessness. I hear people cave into their hopelessness. I hear them enroll themselves in their hopelessness. I hear people enroll themselves in their smallness, not believing in, their, in themselves. Do you know what it takes to follow the star no matter how hopeless, no matter how far? Moving on. To fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. Is there a cause like that for you? Is there a cause that you are willing to march yourself through the muck and the mire and the suffering? What is that? What is that cause? Is it your family? Is it your children? Is it your partners, your beloveds? Is it animals? Is it the climate? What is the cause that calls you forth to be willing to do whatever it takes to be a part of something so much bigger than you? You lose your sense of fear, hesitancy, not enoughness. You are called, what is that bigger game that calls you? Progressing. And I know if I'll only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. What is that? Pause, commentary. What is that for you? What is it for you that must, simply must be complete so that your heart will be peaceful and calm when you're laid to your rest? Moving on, and the world will be better for this. That one man or woman scorned and covered with scars, still strove with her last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable star. What is that unreachable star that calls to you, that has your name on it? I talked about this in an earlier episode on your calling. This is what we're talking about. What is that impossible dream, that unreachable star that has your name on it, that calls to you that you have come to make the quest, you've come to make the journey, and the world will be better for this. 
that you know if you only are true to that glorious quest. That is the glorious quest that you must be true to. Are you willing to hear that call? Are you willing to feel that call? Are you willing to answer that call? You see, all of us are called. All of us come with a calling. All of us come with a spark that awaits the heat that you, only you can bring to it to turn it into a raging fire of inspiration that would move you beyond fear, that would move you beyond all your stories about you're not enough this or you're too much that or you don't have enough or you're not worthy or fill in the blank. What is that tiny spark? You have it. Each one of us comes with a spark that awaits the heat of your passion. And so I'll share with you what I shared in coaching a group of coaches a week or so ago. Transformation, you know, Merlin, the, the, the story of Merlin the wizard who turned lead into gold, you know, and we saw the images of him with the big, the big black iron cauldron and he's stirring and there's lead in the pot and he's stirring it and he's transforming it into gold. Now, in the myth, he builds a huge fire under the cauldron and it is the heat of the fire that burns away the impurities from the lead and leaves the gold. And so my friends, I say to you, you are the fire. You are the fire. And you must bring that fire. You must bring the heat of that fire. You must bring the heat of your passions to that seed of potential, that seed of possibility that was planted in you, that you have come here to nurture, to develop, to grow, to blossom, to produce, to create, to contribute, to make a difference because that's what we're all here to do. And that, my friends, is the agenda in the new beyond. That's what's happening out here, where we're meeting in the new beyond. We are all out here with an assignment to turn ourselves inside out, to reveal to ourselves and then to the world, to your families, to your loved ones, to reveal that diamond in you, that diamond in you, that seed of potential that you are here to develop and shine and be and become. 
that is your assignment. I invite you to see that as your your context for this year, for this year of 2023. Does this get to be the year where you begin to progress in the direction of your own impossible dream? Does this get to be the year where you get to go way further than you ever thought you could go to manifest and be the difference that only you can make? Only you. There is a difference that only you can make. You know, you're like, think of a ballroom, a faceted, uh, mirrored, faceted ballroom globe that spins around the ballroom and creates these rainbows and these sparkles that shine all over the room. This is humanity. And every single one of you is a facet on that mirror. And every single one of you has come to reflect your gift in that facet. And it's a gift that only you have. Yes, you are one of eight billion facets on that mirror and no two are the same. So what is that impossible dream that you have come to be, to do, and to have? Let that be your mission and your purpose this year. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to bring some of you on this podcast and have you share your impossible dreams. How about if we do a live How about if we do this podcast as a Zoom live where you get to come on and you get to share your dreams? Let me know if this is something you'd be interested in doing. I await your responses. Until then, I love you. I'll see you next time in the new beyond. Before we go, let me take a moment to thank all of you dear listeners for being here. And if you're up for it, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for you. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple and or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does make a difference and I would be so appreciative. And finally, don't forget to check out my Musings and Meditations audio series available on my website, judithrich.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Thanks again for being with us on this journey to the new beyond. Until next time, many blessings.